This podcast contains strong language. Listeners, be advised. Well, you like friends and you like food. So how about friends with food? With Zoe and Heather. Welcome. This is Friends with Food, the podcast where we talk about the show Friends and a recipe inspired by the episode. We are your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Heather. And today, our guest is Eliana Waxman. Eliana is a lost comedic Chicagoan soul currently in New York City trying to find her way in late night television. Eliana, did I say your name correctly? Yes, ma'am. Perfect. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you for having me. So happy to have you here. Very excited to have you. Um, And we know Eliana through our our time with Howard Johnson of the Comedy Lab. Um, I yes. think it was in the late night, writing for late night. Yes, um, it was. Class that we all met. Eliana is well on her way to weaseling her way into the late night scene. And so we're all very excited about Thank that. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about this podcast. It's so great so far. So Yay, we're excited about it too. (laughs) Very excited to have you on. So actually, on that note, Eliana, tell us about your relationship with the show Friends. Mm, Great question. (laughs) I I think I started watching Friends probably in middle school, just at on Nick at night, because I'm, I'm a youngin. (laughs) I'm only 22. So I, I didn't really watch Friends at the age the characters were. I watched mm-hmm. it slightly younger, but then I started watching it more religiously in the end, at the end of high school and beginning of college. And I've since seen it all probably three times through. Nice, yeah. <laughs> I love the show. I think, I think, you know, it has its, its issues mm-hmm. that we all know, but sure, I sure. think it, is such a great example of the importance of physical comedy and all yeah. of that. And it's just provides a great template for what a good sitcom can be. So I really, I'm a fan. Absolutely. Yes. We love the physical comedy aspect and just kind of how it melds like kind of classic sitcom and even clown physical comedy elements with a little bit of a more modern feel. I mean, it maybe doesn't feel super modern now, but especially at the time, <laughs> yes. it was a little bit more of like a fun hip show I feel like we've been like shitting on Frasier a lot in this show which like (laughs) Frasier was on at the same time and I actually think Frasier is really funny too but it definitely feels a little bit more stuffy a little bit more like for an older audience and just not as like fresh and like hip or whatever (laughs) so yeah great so this um today we'll be discussing season five episode five the one with the kips And this episode originally aired on October 29th, 1998. So we're going to start off with a little bit of kind of cultural context of that time, starting with some headlines that we found. And I think there's something to note is that they took a week off Mm -hmm. between this episode and the previous episode. The last episode aired on October 15th. 
and they decided not to do an episode the week of the 22nd or whatever it would have been because of the World Series. I was going to ask if you knew why that pause was, and we kind of discussed on the previous episode that the World Series was on at the same time, but of course, as the games progress, I'm sure they draw more and more of an audience, and um, maybe they didn't want to compete with that. Yeah, well, and what's fascinating is that the World Series only played four games, and so they ended their games on the Wednesday of that week. So Mm. I was looking up the Nielsen viewership rating, whatever, for Mm -hmm. the week that they didn't have an episode. Mm -hmm. And within it, you know, it talked about game four was the number one and game three was number two, whatever. But there was a quote within it that said, in hindsight, NBC fouled out by airing reruns Thursday with no baseball competing after the Yankees swept the Padres. Interesting. So they did reruns for Friends, Frasier, ER, all of their. All so of their they things. must. They must have just planned on showing reruns that night, obviously. And then, and I was curious about this too, because like, obviously the season is timed out with like the Thanksgiving episodes and everything like that, that they want to like drop on a certain week. So they were just like, well, we can't show the next episode or, or whatever. or didn't want to, or it was, I think they just didn't want to risk everyone not watching the episode. Well, right. And then they didn't didn't have something you can just change day of or whatever. Right. And they didn't have like. DVR. They didn't have, right. you know, Hulu yeah. the next day. <laughs> the, it was, it, it was either you taped it on a VHS or you watched it right. in the moment. Right. And also, like no spoilers, but th- there's a pretty big reveal in this one that I'm sure people wouldn't want to skip in yeah, right. watching the order of the series. So they totally. probably just wanted to make sure as many people saw it as yeah. they could. Right. Totally. Well, and so the what I find interesting about this, the quote that I read was that, you know, NBC made the choice to not air any of their shows. They did reruns of all their shows on that Thursday, but then there wasn't a game that Thursday. And so there, right. the quote was like calling out this missed opportunity. But I mean, who's to who's to be able to guess that the Yankees are going to sweep in four games, you know? Right. But something that is interesting to note is that of that week, Friends still came in on number five of the most viewed. They still had 19.43 million folks tuning in to that rerun the episode. Rerun. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you know what rerun it was? Like which one they showed? It was the one where Ross says Rachel. So it was episode one of this season. Oh, wow. One that had just come out like a month before, basically. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, just interesting. So we have potentially two weeks of news and TV or movies and songs to catch up on. Right. Well, I will go ahead and share the headline that I found from um, October 29th, which was gleeful Democrats assail ads by GOP on Clinton scandal. Um, Any headline that has the word gleeful in it, I feel (laughs) is just a wonderful choice. But basically it was an article about, um, so the election was coming up. And actually, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing I didn't look into, because it wasn't a presidential election that year in 98. So I don't know. I mean, it must have been just the midterms, I guess. But the election was coming up. And I guess the um, 
the GOP had put out a bunch of basically attack ads on Clinton because, of course, mm-hmm. this is the era of like the impeachment and all that stuff that we've discussed. And so they came out with a bunch of very like um, it's considered like dirty politics or whatever, just a lot of attack ads about Clinton's character and stuff like that. And then the Democrats were basically though they go low, we go high of the time saying like, that's in poor taste and we're focused on the issues and they're just trying to assassinate his character. And basically there was a bit of like a backlash and even some in within the Republican party were like, yeah, those ads were probably like not the best choice. Um, But I mean, of course, the Republicans were like, look, we're playing to our base and maybe a few undecided people that were already leaning Republican. They're not trying to change their minds of any like Democrats or whatever. But anyways, that was the headline that I found from that Mm. day. I found one similarly within the politics realm that was days away from re-election. Will Texas Governor George Bush run for president next? Mm, interesting i think we spoiler all, alert i think we all know the he answer to that one <laughs> yeah he i then i because i was curious that this was october 98 he announced that he was running in june of 99 mm. so for the the 2000 election the presidency would have started in 2001 so just interesting So Eliana, not to just call you out, I know you already mentioned your age, but if my math is right, you were not born in 1998. Is that correct? I was not. I was in my mom's stomach though. So (laughs) So that's something. (laughs) You were well on your way. I was Um, on my way. (laughs) I'm curious if what you, and maybe this is too broad of a question, but I'm curious um, what, if anything, like you were aware of about kind of like the impeachment and all the Clinton stuff growing up or like, when did you if ever become sort of tuned into that. I think I knew about it only because I think it was a very like juicy presidential topic that my mom really liked to talk about. Um, Kind of like how some people are really into the Royals. I think Mm -hmm. my mom really also (laughs) liked the Monica Lewinsky situation. (laughs) Totally. I mean, it was very soap opera. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yes, 100%. But I don't think I knew the extent um, from a political standpoint that yeah, it went to, I mean, obviously I knew he was impeached, but I right. didn't know a lot about the specifics of the trial or yeah. anything along those lines. I just kind of knew it happened and it's because he had an affair with this lady that worked for him and that's right. about it. And then I sort of learned more as I got older. Of course. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Nice. That's really funny. I like the idea of someone being like as into the Clintons as like people are into the royal family. But oh, yeah, 100%. Totally, totally. Totally makes sense. Something I thought was interesting and and I know we uh we are recording this a little bit before it actually will come out into the airwaves, but a article that I thought was a little connected to what's happening in the world now and that was happening then was Severe weather in Texas kills 10, floods and tornadoes hit state, 1,500 evacuated, and then later it said death toll climbs to 22. So just thinking about, I think when I see so much weather, I mean, I feel like we've had like a hundred hurricanes in the last year than I've ever thought we've ever had in the world. And so it, it, I mean, it's not great to know that client 
climate change exists and that we're destroying our planet, but it is a little nice to know like, oh, really terrible storms happened yeah, 23 yeah. years ago, just as bad as they're happening now. A hundred percent. Also, when I looked it up online while everyone was chatting away, yeah. I did see that it, I think on the day that this episode aired, Hurricane Mitch struck. And at the time it was the second deadliest Atlantic hurricane in history, Oh my which God. is wild just because with all the natural disasters and hurricanes that have been happening recently, there was actually mm-hmm. one here in New York about a week ago. Oh my God. Less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not obviously to that degree, but like you said, Heather, I mean, it's crazy to think about the fact that some things never change. Right. And I mean, I think they have gotten worse, which mm-hmm. is not great, but yes, it isn't like a new thing. No. You yeah. know, us, us humans trying to like establish our society on like this wild planet is like in some ways going sort of against the nature <laughs> of like the natural world 100%. right right mother earth's like oh i'm sorry <laughs> oh i'm sorry did uh, you have your house there um, yeah you my bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> well not anymore exactly <laughs> yeah good times <laughs> okay so for the top song of that week we are back to monica the first night is that what I you know. had as well, Heather? Yeah. So um, this is actually the third time, the third episode of our <laughs> podcast that that's been the number one song, which is great. Last week, we had an off week. It was Bare Naked Ladies one week. Oh, great. Um, which is a fantastic <laughs> piece of music yeah. as well. But mm-hmm. um, I went back and I actually watched the music video for the first night um, today. And I mean, it's a really great song. It's funny. I feel like it's not as catchy as I wish it was. It doesn't really like stick in my mind that much. I don't remember it really from the era, but um, she's basically saying like, I don't get down on the first night. She's like, I want to, you know, make out with whatever. She's saying she doesn't get down on the first night. Um, and she's like, I want to get down, but not the first night. So like hit me back tomorrow or whatever. But um <laughs> I did notice, I I really enjoyed watching the music video today, and the style in it is everyone's wearing khakis and, like, a white top or a white t-shirt, which is just so hilarious, because to me, khakis are, like, the least cool garment ever, and for them to be in, like, a pop slash, like, <laughs> R&B video and, like, all the backup dancers are in, like, khakis and a white t- it's just I hilarious. Mean, the question is, are they capri khakis? Or they, they, were, full length they were khakis. the full length. Were yeah. they like like fitted office person khakis or like the kind of baggy big pockets khakis? I think a little bit more of the cargo style, but they mm. also, it was one of those, like, you know, when you tell your, well, I mean, I'm not married, so this is kind of a funny comparison, <laughs> but you know when you tell your bridesmaids, like, wear any dress you want as long as it's this color, that kind of like vibe. Mm. It's kind of like that. It's like everyone's oh. like khakis and white shirt are like a little bit of a different style it's not completely like the same and totally uniform it's just like the general vibe but yeah I think it was more in like the slightly baggy like um cargo style or whatever love that so, yeah. yeah I mean obviously that's what's important in an R&B music video is consistency and wardrobe Clearly, yeah exactly and so you know monica has like a cute little white top i think it's it's one of those with like the shoulder cutouts oh of course it is and then her guy that's like playing her like date or whatever is just in like a plain white t-shirt anyway yeah it's just 
it was Great. it was fantastic yeah love that <laughs> highly love recommend that. checking out the music video okay top <laughs> box office movies of the day and this is actually i didn't really realize that we had missed a week until i was looking at this uh-huh. because the week that this episode came out the top box office movie was a movie called vampires that I have like no memory of and I've never heard of it and I have no idea what it is. I'm assuming it's about vampires. I but... wrote I wrote a Western vampire movie question mark. I mean it sounds kind of great. And obviously it was top of the box office for one week in 1998, but is what it looked like. It did give me pause, especially because the previous week the movie that was the top of the box office is actually a movie that I really do love, which is Pleasantville. Yes. Eliana, have you ever seen Pleasantville? I have not seen it. Have I you know. ever heard of I, it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning I haven't. I mean, have it's, it. an, it's, a, okay. it's a 90s movie. It's, it's, I mean, clearly. Maybe it's, it's overselling <laughs> it to say that it's a movie that I love, but it's a movie that I like. <laughs> I just, I remember, I think my sister had it on VHS and that was the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if she saw it in the movie theaters or what prompted her to purchase it on VHS, but it was one of the f- few movies that we had in our house. And, and so I watched it a handful of times and I know like as a kid watching it, not fully understanding it. And now as an adult looking back being like, Oh, that's, that's what this movie was about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a great cast. Yeah. Little it has baby Toby Maguire and Jeff oh, Daniels. Wow. Reese Witherspoon and mm-hmm. Toby Maguire are kind of the like teens in it. William H. Macy's in it mm-hmm. and he's so Whoa. great. And yeah, Jeff Daniels. Um and Joan Allen. She's brilliant. Oh yeah. Jeez. Talk about a stacked cast. Yeah. Oh yeah. The cast is great. And it's a really interesting concept too. So um, you should watch it, Eliana. If you I- want. I'll report but, back. Yeah. I'll come back to the podcast yeah. just to give a review of Pleasantville. Updates. <laughs> um, but it does have the my favorite quote that I always remember from it is the high school basketball team loses a game for the first time ever. It's basically about this little 50s like TV town where everything is perfect and everything's like very idyllic and perfect. Mm. And then things start to like get a little unraveled. Um, But Mm. the basketball team loses a game for the first time ever. And William H. Macy's character is like, well, you can't win them all. (laughs) I guess that's why you say you can't win them all. I guess that's why they say that or something like that. And then the guy who plays like, I don't know, the mayor or something is like, but we have won them all. We've never lost or tied a single game before. Isn't that what you would call winning them all? (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, that's just like the one quote that's always stuck in my mind. That's so funny. funny. Yeah. I'm super intrigued by the fact that Pleasantville was top of the box office for the off week because it's such a great movie. Mm -hmm. And then this vampires movie comes in and it doesn't, it only lasts in the box office for a week also, but it's just like, what? <laughs> I, I read something about, cause I was Googling vampires. I was like, what is this movie? Yeah. What's going on? And I read something that said that the movie vampires appeared on both the best of the year and the worst of the year lists goals right there I think <laughs> that's being, all you want being, in a movie yeah. yeah like being loved and hated like that's just I mean hey it's better you know it's better than being in the middle and forgotten but holy totally smokes, to be not only 
the very top and the very worst. That's that great. is so funny. I love that. And it has a sequel. Hello. Wow. I think there's a, I think there's a, uh, it's a trilogy. Oh my God. Oh. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Despite a 42% Rotten Tomatoes rating, because that didn't <laughs> exist then. So, <laughs> so no one cared. No one cared. Oh, that's so funny. That's so weird. I love it. <laughs> I'm like curious to watch it, but also am I that curious? I don't know. Anything else for cultural context of the time? I do have this week's National Nielsen viewership rating. Great. Mm. And pretty much nothing to see here outside of the usual ER at 29.14 million viewers. Friends coming in second at 25.87 million. And Frasier third, 24.68 million. Yeah. So we're steady on like basically ER, Friends, and then Frasier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. I still need to watch ER. Maybe I should add that to my list. I, mean, I don't know if I need to, but I like medical dramas. <laughs> I mean, um, young George Clooney can't go wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny to think, cause like, I, I feel like he's mostly in my consciousness as a movie star, not like a TV actor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. That's it so is cool. funny thinking about that because I feel like there was a time when movie stars didn't want to do TV shows because they mm-hmm. were like, we're, we're better than that. And yeah. then now that streaming services and all of that, you have all these A-list movie stars doing TV. So I feel like Clooney is really riding this wave of like being on TV, being a movie star. I don't know if he's in any yeah, now, I was gonna but... ask. I thought you were maybe gonna reference like a high-end streamer that he's in now. I don't know what he's up to now. Although yeah. I will say, I just recently applied for an internship at his film production company. Woo-hoo. So great. I mean, haven't heard back, but <laughs> point being, apparently he has a film production company. So that's cool. That's cool. It is it's... interesting. I think it's a testament to how resonant France has been in popular culture up until now, but in my mind, and I wasn't alive, obviously, when this episode aired, but right. but George Clooney has always been, to me, a movie star. But mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston has always been a TV star. She never, even though she was in so many movies yeah. after she's Friends. Tons of movies. Tons of movies. And yet, to me, she's always been a TV star. Like, she's Rachel, mm. basically. She's Rachel. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I don't know if there's anything that she's done really like spectacular or really set her apart mm-hmm. from the character that she kind of always is. Yeah, and so I right. wonder if that comes into play. The way I think about it is I know David Schwimmer has done a ton of movies and mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff outside. And the thing that comes to mind when I think of David Schwimmer outside of Friends is actually him on Band of Brothers, which was no, this HBO miniseries about world war ii he he played this training sergeant who i mean he was just a a real asshole like Mm -hmm. just really horrible and at the end of the day was a coward and i mean and it was it was just such a different character than his kind of dopey love struck ross and i interesting and i yeah, so I know he's done a lot of work doing PSAs around workplace sexual harassment and misconduct and things like that and made some really high quality videos, which is important and great because a lot of those yeah. videos are really horrible and made in like the 80s. And yeah. so Right. So it's just it's it is interesting, Eliana, that you bring that up because yeah, if you look at this cast, none of them 
really did much. I guess I would say I mean, Jennifer Anderson is probably the one who's done the most. But totally. And I mean, I think of, you know, she was in Along Came Polly and what was it? Where the Millers, I think. Mm-hmm. That one. Good. I think she did a bunch of like Adam Sandler movies. Yep. <laughs> that too. She was in this movie that came out in 1999, which is Office Space, which um, she's great in. And that's right. a hilarious movie. And then she's been in tons of rom-coms and was I recently saw her in Dumplin', which she's really good in. And great. that's a really cute oh, um, yeah. Netflix movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in my mind, at least, she's she's done kind of the most movies of the rest of the cast, or at least the most movies that I've seen. (laughs) But she never really reached, and I hate to make, I almost hate to make this comparison, but it just comes to mind. She, she's never quite reached movie star status, like say Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt or something like that. It's really rude of me to bring up those specific comparisons, but it's <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's just a game to mind, you know? Yeah. Cause she is more of that like girl next door type versus mm-hmm. like glamorous movie star type or whatever. It's interesting. You brought up Dumplin' because she plays the mom in that, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. So I think she hasn't really leaned into the fact that she could be playing a mom and has been playing all of these like romantic, right. whatever, which is totally fine. But you mentioned that, that movie and I was like, oh yeah, she's great in that. Mm-hmm. She is, And I think yeah. she needs to start accepting the fact that she is no longer the girl next door and she's the mom next door and needs to lean into more of those roles. Well, and what's so interesting about her in Dumplin' too is she's sort of the villain of that movie, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. she's not like a purposefully bad person, but she's just kind of, you know, it's not the character that paints her in like the best light. She's not the sympathetic like protagonist of the film. She's more of a little bit more of an unlikable character. And I personally love it when actresses just go for it and play really unlikable characters. Yes. So, um, I would love to see her do more things like totally. that. And it's interesting too, because Lisa Kudrow, for example, everything she's done, every mm-hmm. single role has been so unique for the most part and it shows her range so much Mm -hmm. but all I think if you were to ask someone on the street and pull a like you know a stunt from Jimmy Kimmel where you go on the street now yeah yeah (laughs) um I think people would say she's one of the ones who have done the least just because everything Mm -hmm. she does is more I don't know art house indie or even just the roles that she plays are a little more carefully curated and nuanced and not big and flashy um so that's interesting too. Well, yeah, I hate I hate to say this because I love Lisa Kudrow so much, but she's almost more of a supporting actress or character actress versus like a leading what's like classically considered to be like a leading lady. And I think she has had some lead roles where that have been amazing, but they have been, you know, roles that were maybe a little bit more offbeat or films that mm-hmm. were a little bit more offbeat um, and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I love about her. I mean, that's definitely what, not that I'm obviously on TV or in movies, but that's what I more identify as my style as well is like the funny one or the weird one or the friend or whatever. Totally. Yeah. 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 Great. Great. Anything else on kind of cultural context or things about the time? No, not really. Okay. So we are on season five, episode five, the one with the Kips. Um, Heather, would you read us the synopsis of the episode, please? Yes. 
It is Chandler and Monica go away for a weekend, but spend the entire time fighting. Ross tries to tell Rachel about his agreement with Emily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. So yeah, so diving into the sort of A and B stories of this episode, um, I would say that I kind of uh, sort of agree with the synopsis, if you will, Mm -hmm. which is that Mm -hmm. I think the Monica and Chandler storyline was the A story, and then the Ross and Rachel storyline was the B story. And there really wasn't much of a C story. I think there were a couple of like runners. I mean, maybe later on, you could kind of say that the subplot of sort of Rachel and Phoebe talking about starting their own friend group was maybe a little bit of a C runner, but that and that and Joey as well, Him, yeah. but, which is sort of integrated into the A plot, but it's a separate thing because he's not on the trip. So yeah. that is very true. Piecing everything together is definitely buried in there somewhere. Totally. And I mean, that's kind of a classic C because it really has sort of three beats where or maybe there's more, but three that come to mind, which are the cold open where they pretend that it's morning time in the middle of the night (laughs) because Monica in their apartment. And then the one, the beat in the middle where Chandler's like being so weird to him. And he's like, I'm just going to (laughs) come. He's like, I'm just going to come right out and ask. Were you or were you not on a gay cruise? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like one of my favorite jokes of the episode. And then, of course, the end where he puts it together Mm -hmm. that Chandler and Monica were in the same place. And that scene is, of course, amazing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, totally. That is like a C or a runner that's like tied into the A story, but it has its own, you know, its own arc and its own set of beats, too. Yeah, Uh, pretty straightforward. And actually, we were just talking about Lisa Kudrow, but Phoebe was definitely sort of the lightest character. I didn't see a ton of Phoebe in this episode, although she had a few, a few great moments, which, which were great. The Pooh. Oh, my God. That was actually (laughs) one of my favorite. I think that might have been my favorite piece of writing Mm -hmm. in the episode, which is when, you know, Rachel's upset about her dog dying, but they think that that Ross has told her about the like about how he can't see her anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so she's just crying and she's like it's the poo and Phoebe's like I know I know it's the poo right now but it'll get better yep yep <laughs> which is just like a classic clown joke just like taking things literally just like misunderstanding of what was said yeah mm-hmm. I loved that so much Great. So we're in agreement on what the storylines are. What are some of our favorite jokes or favorite moments from the episode? I liked when Monica and Chandler decide together secretly that they're going to go away. And so then they're telling their friends that they both have their individual things or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Chandler says, oh, I have this, this conference in New Jersey so we said in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had this conference in New Jersey and Monica's like, Hmm, seems like your conference could have been anywhere. Yep. And then his back and forth about like, well, I don't plan who makes the conferences or whatever, but I just love that idea of having this conversation in front of your friends of like, Hey, honey. <laughs> right. Cause she's can, like, I'm, can you she, lie better? She's yeah. like, I'm going to a culinary fair in New Jersey, which she'd like already told him was yes. like going to be the fake thing. And, and that then, was, that was yeah. one of my favorite jokes actually of the episode was when she was talking about 
oh, there's this conference I want to go to in New Jersey. And she started getting so excited about the conference. And he goes, but you're not actually going to the conference. You're hanging out with me. Um, <laughs> you know, those weren't the lines, but it was something along yeah, those yeah. lines. That was hilarious. Uh, he's like, you know, you're not actually going though, right? She's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, and he's like, I don't plan. And then, yeah, later in the scene, Heather, you're referencing, he's like, well, I don't plan where the conference is. Do you want people to think it's a fake conference? conference. <laughs> Which is also such like a dumb, ridiculous thing to say. But yeah, that was hilarious. This is an, a 100% immature joke, but I think one of my favorites was the hiding of the condoms in the bedroom (laughs) um for context i believe this is the first time that ross attempts to tell rachel that he can't see her anymore and so all the friends are hiding in one of the bedrooms and joey is hunched over the side of the bed and monica says hey joey's ass what are you doing? Yeah, because his yeah. butt is in the camera. Which, and- by the way, the way he's... Okay, and I get that they needed him to do that for that <laughs> Monica joke. But right. the way that he is getting that box from underneath the bed is so ridiculous. There is yeah. plenty no of space yeah. on the side of the bed for him just to like, like crouch down, down. And, gra- yeah. and grab it. But he's got one leg on the floor and one bent leg on the bed while he's <laughs> scavenging <laughs> like a little raccoon underneath the bed. Yeah. It's so silly. Yeah. It's so classic. She asks what he's doing and he starts pulling out a survival kit, essentially. So be- good. From the last time Ross and Rachel got into a fight and there's candy and stuff in there and then there's condoms and I don't, Zoe, you might have the exact lines written down somewhere. I do not, but I believe it was something along the lines of Chandler saying condoms and Joey saying, well, what if we need to repopulate the planet? (laughs) And Chandler says, and condoms is the way to do that. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Yeah, because Joey's like, well, we don't know how long we could be in here, which is also just so funny because like you think that Ross and Rachel might be fighting nonstop for like 100 years yeah well hey i will have to give props to joey's ingenuity or at least his uh foreseeing of the future because he said the last time they ross and rachel had this big fight that's when he decided to put this box because they were all trapped in the room Mm -hmm. so for one that's a pretty like smart thing for joey to do Especially for, for Joey specifically. For Joey, for Joey. a character who's pretty. That's yeah. more of like a Monica type thing to do. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But yeah, and then the and then the condoms. Just oh my God, so funny. But it's interesting. I mean, I say it's more of a Monica thing to do, but it also isn't because Monica would be like, "Well, we just we'll make we'll make sure that we don't get trapped in this room." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, to imagine that they because it's it's actually I kind of thought it was funny that. And of course, I understand like they they set it up so that they could like be trapped in this room for those set of jokes. But mm-hmm. part of me is like they could have just like 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 the group knows that Ross wants to talk to Rachel about this. Right. And so they could have made up an excuse to like go to the apartment, right. go to the other apartment, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think what comes out in the moment because she's like, what's going Rachel comes in. She's like, what's going on? And everyone's kind of just standing there. And so I guess they feel like they need to like say what they were. It's that awkward thing when like you're talking about someone or something someone doesn't know. And then they come in and like, even though you haven't done anything wrong, you feel like you kind of need to like 
explain what's ha- like make up a lie or whatever mm-hmm. and so they're like oh we were just gonna flip monica's mattress which is like so yeah. random the well the best part about everyone the best part about yeah. that is that chandler says it, it looks like it was just this is right the, these are the words that's coming out of my mouth oh we were yeah. gonna flip monica's mattress and they all go uh-huh yeah yep that's what we were all planning to do right <laughs> yeah well, like then- if he had said anything else they would have had to go yeah, do that's that. what we were planning to do. Right. And, and so because he says that, then they're like, well, I guess here we all go to go do that. And so they all go into Monica's room, which of course is where they were trapped during the, the huge, like, um, of, you know, it was before the season, but the whole, like, we were on a break. No, that whole big mm-hmm. fight, they were all trapped in there for like, unexor- you know, a long time. Yeah. Um, I also I- thought there were some really great jokes in that first part where um, Joey's like, so I was thinking we pick the mattress up. Yes, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> and then we flip it and everyone's like, yeah. And then Phoebe's like, well, that's better than, better my, than way. my way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is just fantastic and just leaves a lot to the imagination of like, what do you think Phoebe's way is? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, and then Rachel's like, oh, can you flip mine too? And they're all like, oh. uh. they're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because they're not actually going to do Monica's. Yeah. Oh, classic. For sure. I liked in the, and then in the following scene, Ross is like really trying to have this serious conversation with Rachel and Rachel is reading her mail and Mm -hmm. which annoys me. I mean, obviously I get Mm -hmm. it. It's for the plot, but I wanted Ross to be like, Hey, can you look at me for a second? I have something really important to tell you. Obviously it doesn't happen because while her friend is talking to her, she's reading a letter from her mom. Also, Which, her mom tells her her dog dies in a letter. I mean, whose mom even like yeah. writes them letters? I don't know. There's well, a lot. It's 1998, so <laughs> not long ago the phone worked. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. True, true. It's delivered by carrier pigeon. You know, <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> I'm like it wasn't 1898. Like I know. <laughs> anyway, I know. I also think it. You know, you say you don't know why Ross didn't say that, but I think it's also a classic Ross move for him to just let her keep reading the mail because when it comes to Rachel, he's such a little wuss, like pardon my language, but it's true. Um, So I think he was really going to let her do whatever she wanted. And also it made her not have to look him in the eye while he told her. So in some ways that made it easier on him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I wrote down when she realizes that her dog has died, he was hit by a truck and she's reading it and she's like, Mm -hmm. he was hit by a truck and, and dragged nine. And then she flips the page over teen blocks. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That was so funny. It was so funny. And it also reminds me of that joke. I don't remember if it's before or after this episode, but the one with when Rachel writes Ross the letter and it's oh my God. 17 18 and a, pages, 18 pages front, and, front back. and back. It's like oh a very God. similar joke, but yeah. Cause it's like the turning of the pages. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. So funny. Um, and I mean, even just like the Ross trying to tell Rachel 
this news is like a nice little three beat within the episode too because it's like Mm -hmm. this is the first beat it ends with that button of i know it's the poo right now and then the (laughs) next one is she gets first of all the next one they're on that same i thought it was interesting they're on that same couch so a few episodes ago they were sitting right there ross was in a chair at that time but they're basically in the same place where rachel just like confessed that she's still in love with ross like oh at the coffee shop Mm -hmm. yeah at the coffee shop just a few episodes earlier um and then he's trying to like he now this time he's the one that like has this thing he's like trying to figure out how to say to her that feels so hard to say and she gets a nosebleed and she has her help head tilted up and he's like i can't see you anymore and she's like i know this is ridiculous i can't see you either because like her head's tilted back Mm -hmm. um so funny and then of course the third time when he actually tells her which is back in the apartment i believe yeah yeah and and i think what's interesting about that that final, well, I I think what's interesting about this episode is there was a lot of really funny stuff right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You had the the cold open, the the mattress stuff, the poo, all of that. And then, (laughs) and then for me personally, all the stuff with Ross and Rachel and all the stuff with Monica and Chandler fighting, not funny, was not funny. And it, and it wasn't even like not funny in a, it's not funny funny and but we're laughing at it not like it I was just like this episode sucks and then at the end (laughs) it gets way better better. I I think and we can talk about that later yeah but but one thing I thought was really interesting and I know this from you know when you're doing some serious stuff whether it's serious acting or whatever and we've talked about how they do this a lot on the show where they'll have like a a laugh line in Mm -hmm. in a very serious conversation and I don't think this line was meant to be a laugh line, but it's after Ross has told Rachel for reals that she they can't see each other anymore. And she hears it and says, that's crazy. You can't do that. What are you going to tell her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the audience, the studio audience laughed. And, and it was interesting because it's not really a funny line, mm-hmm. but it's the funniest line that's happened in a while. And I think the audience needed to laugh. Yeah. And that was the best opportunity to laugh because it, I mean, it is sort of funny, right? Because we all know that he's already told Emily that he accepts. And, and so I just thought that was a really interesting moment. This, cause there was just this long chunk where just nothing was really that funny. It felt, it felt like the episode kind of felt like, Oh, mommy and daddy are fighting. Cause it's both of our, you know, our favorite couples are fighting Right. And, and then ultimately for Ross and Rachel, it ends up not great. And for Chandler and Monica, they end up fine. Right. And of course I remember when you sent me the information on doing the podcast and this was the one, the episode that you chose, I remember being like, God damn it. I (laughs) do not like this episode. This is the one I always skip. But it was good because it allowed me to be more analytical of it. And of course, the beginning and the end, like you said, is so funny. And the middle is just so not really there, except for that one part with, you know, them in the room. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like what you were saying, Heather, I mean, this is if this was intended to be a funny line, but in the Monica Chandler argument, the one funny line in there was Chandler saying, do not speak ill of the dead. When <laughs> Monica is talking about the guy in the car chase on TV. Right. Who then proceeded to die. Right. And again, like 
that's a funny line. But also when you think about it, that's a deeply dark line. We did not <laughs> know that he dark. died until he said, do not speak ill of the dead. So, and oh the gosh, audience totally. just needed that release to laugh. So, yeah. I mean, I will say the one other like kind of funny part in the whole like uncomfortable Monica and Chandler conflict was when she's like, these clowns are trying to take us for a ride and we're not going to let them do it. And he's like, okay, Muggsy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really interesting. It, this episode, um, well, first of all, Eliana, thanks for bearing with us. This is just like how the timing worked out. It's nothing personal. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> we wanted you to suffer. It basically, no, yeah. I, um, hey, it's a good episode. <laughs> I, I think we appreciate the episode. There you go. There you I go. think mm-hmm. it's cool that you actually like know the show well enough to be like, oh, that episode, but that's kind of yeah. funny. But yeah, I mean, I think the middle, there was a lot of it's, there's a lot of like kind of soap opera drama happening in this episode and yeah it's kind of uncomfortable and it's kind of not that funny and it's kind of just like I mean maybe dark is too far but it does remind me like the whole um kind of first part of the storyline because like you know later in the episode Monica and Chandler are back from their vacation and then they're like just kind of dealing with the fallout but when they're there it's just like it's it feels so real because I think we've all Mm -hmm. had relationships that like they start and they're just so fun and then like eventually you have a moment where like you don't have 100% of that person's attention because it's not as new and exciting as it once was and Mm -hmm. the other person's little personality flaws are kind of starting to drive you fucking crazy you know what I mean and yeah of course I did love the scene later where Chandler they're back home and Chandler's like well I guess this is over and Monica's like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. and she's like and he's like well we had a fight so I guess it's over and she's like if you if if a relationship was over every time you had a fight then you'd never have a relationship longer than oh Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so funny and then uh, anyways they reconcile and she's like welcome to an adult relationship and then he's like wait we're in a relationship (laughs) (laughs) and she's like I'm afraid so which is just like that was a funny and kind of schmaltzy scene but yeah Mm -hmm. well and I think it I think it's ultimately great that we had this sort of not fun soap opera overly dramatic bit in their relationship that then leads up to Joey figuring it out yes I think otherwise if they hadn't established oh we're in a relationship Joey Mm -hmm. finding out would be a little too ambiguous it could have been a whole different outcome it could have been them having to discuss with Joey in the room. Are we in a relationship? Mm -hmm. What is this? Are we friends with benefits? What's going on? So I think for it to be about Joey finding out and having this purely physical and crazy reaction to find out and them having to like throw him on the bed and all of that. Basically. Yeah, exactly. They had to have that sort of established Mm. relationship terminology figured out Mm -hmm. before that scene. Yeah. So in the end, it worked out okay. And it just makes that moment so good mm-hmm. because the whole episode, you're it's kind of stagnant. And then you hit, you see Joey figure it out. And yeah, which is great because as we've already talked about a bunch, you know, Joey is always played as the dumb one. And so right. to see Joey put it all together and, mm-hmm. and you, and you really see it too. It's his expressions are incredible to see yep. him put it all together. And then Monica and Chandler realize that he's putting it all together. And he's like, 
what is he saying? Oh, or something. He's like, oh, oh, you, you, or whatever he's saying. Yeah. And then they like physically take him out of the sofa and bring him into Monica's room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah. Also, I think on the flip side of that is then you see Rachel and Phoebe on the other side of the door saying, oh my goodness, we're so stupid. They're trying to take Joey, which is again, sort of that not that they're portrayed as the smartest all the time either, but it's right. sort of like a role reversal there mm-hmm. where Joey is the one that mapped together the puzzle. And in the meantime, somehow these two have no idea what's going on still, right? Yeah, which is sort of mind blowing and unrealistic, but makes it that much funnier. It totally does. And that's really funny. I love that you point that out because like, it's actually pretty funny that Joey is the first one that figures it out. I mean, it makes sense because of course he's Chandler's roommate, but Rachel's Monica's roommate, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, she's just so involved with what's going on with her that she hasn't like put it together in fact we kind of talked about on the previous episode how like in there's this moment in the previous episode where um Rachel like finds Monica all waiting for sexy time and stuff like that and she and basically she's like tell me you were waiting for a guy and then and then Rachel kind of just starts like filling in the details with her own imagination she's like oh you must be seeing that cute server from work oh it must be this it must be that and Rachel's just kind of like filling in the story on her own even though Monica really hasn't necessarily like said those things mm-hmm. Rachel's just like oh well it, I'm assuming it must be this you know um it does seem like maybe they spend more time over at Joey like Monica and Chandler spend more time at Chandler's apartment maybe mm-hmm. than Monica's but still and maybe they do that because like well it's Joey so he's not mm-hmm. gonna pick up on what's going on because he's Joey you know he's so like oblivious or whatever yeah um so that's really interesting yeah let's talk about the things that he figures out so the the hotel he re, he replaced the message that the hotel called Chandler to stay to say that he was left a eyelash curler there which one that's like, not gonna happen a hotel would they'd be like oh well this is trash now but yeah, that's so I thought that was an interesting thing and I wonder I was trying to think of like what might a hotel call about that if you've left something and I was thinking maybe like. I mean, underwear if it was like a or clothes. laptop or something. I don't think they <laughs> mm. would call if you left your underwear there. They'd be like, and this, I, I just feel like people leave things in hotels all the time. I think it would have to be like something more yeah. expensive, or maybe right. like a cell phone or. Although to be fair, they changed rooms so many times that maybe they knew that she would accuse them. I mean, that <laughs> is a good point, And that is very true. Oh my gosh, that whole room switching thing That's is true. Like, so wild but um I'm yeah I'm sure they were on the on the offense on that they were just like you know what let's get ahead of this yep. this crazy lady's gonna call us and She's say gonna that sue we stole us her yeah or whatever yeah totally oh that's so funny so but yeah that was so a little far-fetched clearly a, a plot convenience but still sure yeah. sure so we've got the eyelash curler we've got they've already talked about the, how they're both going to be in Jersey what's the third thing that sets them off um they both so Chandler says Trump. Yeah. Chandler says, I saw Donald Trump waiting because he's like, oh, so the whole Joey asked, oh, so the whole weekend was a complete, you know, waste or whatever. And he's like, well, not totally. I saw Donald Trump waiting for an elevator. And then Monica says the same thing. When they're all together later in the apartment. That's right. She's like, oh, I saw Donald Trump waiting for an elevator. And then she goes, hey, Rach, can I use your eyelash curler? I can't find mine. I I must have lost mine. And that's, and after hearing both those things kind of in a row, Joey's Mm -hmm. like, 
oh my god <laughs> yeah and yeah that's when he puts it together I love that and then I love what you're saying about like the girls are oh he's trying to get Joey because that kind of ties into this other like small little thread where basically Rachel comes into the coffee shop she's you know she knows Ross isn't allowed to see her she's like complaining to the group of friends she knows she's going to get phased out the whole title it's interesting the title is really interesting because the title of the episode is the one with the kips but then they're just mm-hmm. talking about um so they're talking about like Chandler's old roommate maybe Chandler and Joey's old roommate Kip mm-hmm who dated Monica and then they had a bad breakup and then they all promised they'd still stay friends, but he eventually got phased out. And so Rachel's like, I'm going to get phased out. And then she's like, says this thing to Phoebe. She's like, I knew the group couldn't stay together forever. I just assumed that if someone were to go, it would be Phoebe. And Phoebe's <laughs> like, ah, which is a great reaction. And she's like, oh, come on. You live far away. You're not related. You lift right out. Right. She's like so messed up. So maybe that's kind of what it's referring to is like the because then Ross is like, well, maybe I should be the one to step back. And mm-hmm. it's just like, who's going to be the Kip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's kind of what the one with the Kips means. But yeah, then later Rachel and Phoebe are like alone in the coffee shop and Phoebe's like giving Rachel the cold shoulder super hard. Which oh, is it's a, so funny. Hilarious mm-hmm. and great physical comedy. And then Rachel's like, come with me. We'll start our own group. We're the best mm-hmm. ones. And Phoebe's <laughs> like dubious. And then she's just like, okay but try to get joey too so they're like totally on their own like side mission rachel's like okay well if this is gonna happen to me which i think it is like i'm gonna try to get phoebe on my side too or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah it's just so funny and then later when they're like when monica and chandler have joey in the room phoebe's like oh my god they're trying to get joey which of course is not what's happening at all but hilarious yeah and that's also kind of it's much later, but the third beat to that joke, because right in the middle between those two, mm-hmm. you know, Ross and Rachel are talking on the couch at that serious moment. And then Joey interrupts them and says, sorry <laughs> to interrupt, but I, Rachel, I hear you wanted to talk to me about a trip or something. Yes. <laughs> so good. I love that. And I love that. Zoe, you were talking about earlier, how Phoebe takes, it's just a clown joke of the Lapu and taking it. Phoebe takes it literally. And I think this is, this, it's another great example of that with this where Phoebe is like okay we're gonna create our own group oh I'm we're gonna do it like like right I'm sure there was some maybe intention behind Rachel but I think it was more just trying to get Phoebe to feel better and then Phoebe's like we're I'm I'm rolling with this I'm down yeah yeah let's get out of here I love that too and what I actually thought you were gonna say is like about taking things literally is like maybe Phoebe says something to Joey you know that we don't see and she's like me and Rachel want you to come with us and so he's like oh like where where like (laughs) Salt Lake City or you know what I mean instead of like figuratively speaking come with us to a new (laughs) friend group or whatever yeah Um, yeah but yeah and I, I do love, I wrote down as a funny line when, so they, they get Joey into the room and they calm him down mm-hmm. and, you know, there's all these shots of Chandler and Monica looking at each other, like lovingly. Cause they're like, we're fine. We're telling someone that's so yeah, exciting or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, how did this happen? And they're like, well, it started in London. And he goes, <laughs> in London. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, shut up. Which, uh, which, no, I just think, well, of course it's, yeah, he's being loud, but I also think it's great because it's like, I mean, we don't really, it's hard to tell how time has passed Mm -hmm. with between these episodes, but I mean, they've been going out for a while. And so I think it's, it's a funny joke because it's, 
him being loud and they have to quiet him, but it's also him realizing like this has been happening for all this time. Right. And I almost wonder if there's, if Joey is like, Oh, were they doing it then? What about this other right. time? Were they doing yeah. it then? You know, and like thinking back yep. on all these weird circumstances that he mm-hmm. fell into with, with Chandler. Totally. And totally. Exactly. And also, of course, the fact that it happened so long ago and no one has seemed to figure it out except for him. And he knows he's yeah. self-proclaimed this one of the slower ones of the group. So I think he's sort of in disbelief that, oh, and this is just coming out now. Like, yeah, how right. did this just come out now? <laughs> totally. Yeah, I love that they chose Joey to be the first one to find out. Oh yeah, it's pretty so funny. genius. Yeah, I love it too. Let's see a couple of my other uh, other things I wanted to mention. I love the part when I love. Okay, I love the part when they're all in the coffee shop except Rachel, and you know Ross is like really torn up by this decision. He's been like chugging Pepto Bismo mm-hmm. and Alka Seltzer this whole time. He's like very stressed. And the whole time he's like, and I actually really relate to this because several times he kind of has this energy where he's like, in the last couple episodes too, he's like, anyone, if you have any advice, like, please tell me, I just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And Joey's like, do you want my advice? Which first of all, it's hilarious because it's Joey. Mm -hmm. Um, But Joey's like, do you want my advice? And Ross is like, please, yes. And he's, and (laughs) Joey's like, you're not going to like it. And Ross is like, you know, that's okay. Tell me or whatever he says. And then. Joey just goes, you got married too fast. And Ross is like, that's not Not advice. advice. And Joey's like, I told you you weren't going to like it. Right. And of course, (laughs) then there's a callback later on in the episode when Ross tells Rachel, when Ross says, what would you do if you were in my position? And she says, well, for starters, I would have said the right name at the altar. And again, it's like the same thing. (laughs) Like, there's nothing to say. Well, and that, you know, I love that you brought up that moment because we were talking earlier about how like adding a laugh line to that serious scene, but like that was the punchline that stuck out to me and mm-hmm. that kind of serious scene between Ross and Rachel. Because mm-hmm. she she's like thinking about it, like what would she do? And she's like, Well, for first of all, I wouldn't have fucked up like you fucked up, you idiot. Yeah. You know, but she knows that it's basically an impossible position and it feels like that kind of like breaks the tension between them. And you know, she gets to be mad. Like there's another scene when he first tells her and she gets so sarcastic and starts yelling and I was like good for you you get to have any reaction you want you know what I mean but um but yeah I thought that was like a great kind of laugh line to break the tension in that other like serious scene between them but I think it's funny too going back to like the Joey thing because like we kind of touched on this in an earlier episode where Ross is like you know I'm sending Emily 72 roses for every day I've known and loved her and like that is a very short amount of time to be getting married to some because this is already after the wedding even Mm -hmm. and it's like ultimately that actually is advice advice is don't ruin your entire life for this woman that you've Mm -hmm. known for 72 or however many days it now is like I know you want this marriage to work out but it's not and of course I mean that's another key moment that I mean we know it all along but is especially emphasized in this episode when Ross says I have to do this I need to make this marriage work Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. his intentions are not I want to make my life with Emily work I'm in love with her I want to spend the rest of my life with her it's right I just need to make sure I don't fail this is right about me and about my success rate exactly yeah which of course not what it should be about 
Well, right. And I mean, that's the thing. And I love that you pinpointed that because he really is not thinking clearly about this situation. Like he's so just in his narrative. He's like, I can't have another failed marriage, but that's not what's important. What's important is for him to like do what's right for himself and his family or whatever, you know, friends and family and what's right for his life. And like, clearly, oh, you know, it's not gonna, I mean, and again, obviously we know it's not going to work out with Emily, but he's really just trying to force something that seems very clear that it is not meant to be, and it's not working out. He's just, yeah, he's really stuck in his own deal and like what he wants to like force to happen for his own life. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy. I mean, we all know how it ends, but it, it is, I, I would be very curious for someone who was watching this show in 1998, mm-hmm. like you really don't know what's right. going to happen. And I mean, viewers in 1998 didn't know that there was going to be another five seasons after this. So true. And so I, I am, I would be curious to, to see what, I mean, I wonder what people were thinking at that mm-hmm. time when they're watching it play out in real, in real time, as mm-hmm. well as if the writers ever had a moment where they might go off in a different direction. I, I don't think they, I mean, the whole premise of this show has always been these six friends. So I don't think they would have right. let one person go off and sub in a new person or anything like that. But it's, it is interesting. I wonder but, if yeah. there's a little bit of the writers sort of playing out this storyline a little bit for one, the realism of Ross trying to make his marriage work because that's important, but also just the, like, I wonder what audiences feel about this. That's really interesting because I mean, it's interesting to me that you say that because this is the fifth season uh, or the fifth episode of a long season. And to me, it kind of feels like, you know, if you're watching a movie, you have a pretty good idea that the protagonist isn't going to die in the first like 20 minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. not all movies. Some do just for the shock value of that. And then they like pivot. Um, for pivot, example, I, pivot. <laughs> but yeah, so it feels weird that on episode five they'd be like, and then Ross wasn't around for the rest of the season, he only made yeah. cameos, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So, and I also think, too, you know, you say it, it's a show about these six friends, and it was always going to be that. And I think having introducing a love interest who's mm. based in London is sort of, at least from a writing standpoint, automatically setting Ross up for failure and if you in that relationship and that that's not really going to play out and Emily she could be around she could move in you know she could stay around but there was always an exit strategy for her right so you know I it it is interesting to wonder what audiences were thinking at the time and also not all audiences are this analytical about a friend (laughs) episode Um, But from a writing perspective, it does make a lot of sense. We're going to introduce this character who's really important to Ross, but actually she's based somewhere completely different in the world. And so Mm -hmm. that makes it kind of spicy. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, there was not a lot of ways that she was going to stick around or that he was going to leave. That's really interesting because and I I. I don't didn't look into this too much, but I I read a headline or saw a meme or something that was saying that like it wasn't originally written in the script for Ross to say the wrong name at the altar. That was something that like kind of happened improv style, and then they changed. So I don't know. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. But I've, I've heard that as well. Which yeah, who knows? Was, 
that that was just like an outtake and then they and since it was the season ender then they kind of like went with it for the next season um so who knows but um it is interesting though because even if that wasn't sort of the inciting incident the beginning of the end between ross and emily you're right there could you know there was basically always an an out for emily even if she even if things had gone smoothly and she had moved to new york Mm -hmm. and they moved in together and these first few episodes or however many episodes or a season or whatever was you know had emily in the picture living in new york and trying to integrate with the group and live in america or whatever there was always like a oh emily had to go back to london because her family or because her job or because whatever you know so there's always like an easy out for her sort of logistically which is kind of interesting are there any other like favorite moments or jokes or pieces of writing or fashion things or anything else we want to mention before we move on the fashion is always on point but fashion's always great (laughs) um no not really oh I did write down at the end the the button on the episode yes is they're playing mad libs which they got from Joey's emergency were locked in Monica's bedroom kit yeah and the beginning of it Phoebe is clearly just put in Phoebe for all of the Mad Libs blanks (laughs) which is hilarious and then Monica being Monica is like so if you follow the rules then it doesn't count (laughs) yeah and everyone's just like we're done we're gonna stop playing and she's like no rules help control the fun so oh funny God. i just loved everything about that tag because it's just like a really fun monica character moment again it has nothing to do with really any of the like plots other than that it's this like thread that they picked back up from when they were locked in the room the minute that monica starts being like well that doesn't count in our heads as like a good mad libs because you didn't everyone just i feel like everyone looks yeah. at what they wrote and they're just like I'm out. You know what? I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. And I also love that it's just finally giving Phoebe her moment to be fully herself. Because yes. in the whole episode, she kind of, she had her funny lines, but there wasn't really a fee- a full-fledged Phoebe moment mm-hmm, until totally. then. And so that kind of made it feel a little bit full circle again. <laughs> yeah, totally. That gave us our Phoebe for sure. And it just, it just makes me think because Phoebe and Monica were roommates at one point. Right. And right. And it just makes me think like, how did that go? Right. Not well. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so opposite. I mean, obviously yes. when they're, you know, doing whatever, they get along fine. But then when they're when they're in their most themselves, like when mm-hmm. Phoebe is the truest to herself and Monica is living her truest uh, yeah. uptight self, yeah. they are so opposite from each other. Totally. It just makes me want to know, like, how did they meet and become friends? And I don't know if that is something that we find out in the series or not. I don't remember. I don't think but... we do. Yeah. I don't think so. It does remind me, though, and this is so not about this episode, but the the episode with the dollhouse mm. where Monica and Phoebe play with the dollhouse and Monica mm-hmm. says my dollhouse I want it with this exact little figures and to play it my way and she right. brings out I think it's a dinosaur and a giant dog that doesn't fit in the dollhouse yeah I think that epitomizes the Monica Phoebe oh totally gap. yeah I love that <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Phoebe's like so much more free in her playfulness and Monica's mm-hmm. so like, yeah. Rules so, help control the fun. Mm-hmm. So rigid. I'll say that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So funny. 
Okay, so let's talk about who did you resonate with? Who do you see yourself as in this episode? Eliana, you're our guest. Let's start with you. Oh, well, it's so funny. I saw myself in two different scenarios <laughs> in this episode. I think in the this is com- a completely bizarre analogy, but the Monica Chandler relationship in the hotel room mm-hmm. reminded me of my mother and I on so mm. many trips where I was the Chandler that was yep. like, I want to watch TV. And my mom, like, we need to change rooms. And me <laughs> saying, why? I just put on this movie. It's amazing. Nope, we got to change rooms. Oh and my her God. Being, you know, I just think that's such a classic thing that everybody's been through. That's so um, funny. <laughs> but I would say, actually, you know, Heather and Zoe and I all have um, a couple mutual friends that are, in fact, mm-hmm. a couple. And mm-hmm. I kind of was the Joey of <laughs> the friend group in that relationship. Yes. Because, uh, we were all in this class together where we met. And um, I believe there was one other person who didn't know, but mm-hmm. I was the second. And that one person was not a, a very chatty person. And I am a very chatty person. And so <laughs> I got this text from one of the friends and she said, you want to know a secret? Oh my God. So we're funny. sitting on opposite sides of the table and we were on camera yeah. in class and I had to hold it together. And, but I jumped out of my chair, <laughs> um, which was not great. And I sh- had to shut off my camera on Zoom. Um, to so which funny. the other friend messaged me and said, I just put a bunch of teacups filled. <laughs> and, like, uh, and I was so perplexed. And oh especially gosh. because in my mind, they had been separate entities for months. Right. And we course. never met in person. So mm-hmm. right. I just, I assumed they had completely different lives. I knew nothing yeah. about them. We were all in different cities. And I didn't even put two and two together that, oh, all three of us are all in Chicago right at this right. moment. And it means they could possibly know each other because nobody knew each other yeah. to begin with, let right. alone were sleeping together, had a dog together, <laughs> lived together, all of those things. Oh my gosh. That's so, so funny. I, I love I was that. Definitely the Joey of the episode. Oh my God. That's so, so funny. Cause now and, I'm just thinking back to like Joey's expression and you're pretty much making the same <laughs> expression right now as you retell it. Oh yeah. And I had to keep it a secret. They said, please don't tell anyone. We want to keep it a secret from everyone in the class as long as possible. And I said, why would you tell me? I am the so worst funny. secret keeper. You can't do that. Hilarious. Yes. What, 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 uh, what characters did you feel that you were in the episode? I don't know. I think I related a little bit with Chandler, mm-hmm. sort of the, the excitement of going on this trip, this getaway, like maybe not being great at the lying, but feeling confident that he covered it up. <laughs> and then also the, the reaction to Monica at the hotel. Now, I wouldn't necessarily be watching a high-speed chase. I mean, I'd check in on it, but I wouldn't be, like, my 100% focus. But I also am very forgiving when it comes to, I'm like, oh, there's a dirty cup. Oh, well, it's probably fine. Yeah, right, right. right. So either that, either Chandler or the hotel manager who, 
who's like helping them switch rooms and then buddies up with Chandler and is like, yeah. Oh my that God. Like funny. when I am excited about something on the news, especially, you know, a breaking news thing like that, I'm like, what are the stats How, going on next door <laughs> and seeing what's are going on the citizen yeah. app and seeing what kind of, what are the police reports and seeing all of that. So I think I am either one of those. That's so funny. I loved that guy. And he, and she's like, well, this is a garden view room and we paid for an ocean view room. And he's like, well, our last ocean view room was unacceptable to you. (laughs) And the way he said it too, where it was completely monotonous because he was so focused on the TV. Yeah. It was golden delivery. Yes, absolutely. So funny. I had a little bit of a harder time picking one in this episode too, but I think ultimately I went with Phoebe. First of all, I just consider myself a Phoebe in general. And I maybe have a fear that I'm the one that lifts right out of like a friend group or whatever. Aww. But um, but also the thing that I really resonated with so is like um basically just basically just thinking that things are about you and they're not you know (laughs) like when they have joey in the room and they're just trying to do damage Mm. control on their situation and she's like they're plotting against us you know Mm. like basically (laughs) just interpret like you're just in your own thing and so you're just interpreting everyone else's actions as like oh well they're obviously doing that uh you know Mm -hmm. against me or whatever when you really you just like don't know the full story at all (laughs) yeah all righty well i think that pretty much wraps up our discussion on the episode let's move on to the food yeah yay (laughs) moving on to the food section eliana how comfortable are you in the kitchen or like how often do you cook how would you consider yourself as a cook i am very comfortable in the kitchen i am not comfortable necessarily in this kitchen because i'm currently Mm, mm -hmm. staying with my mother Mm. and her kitchen is not the kitchen that we had when i was growing up because Mm -hmm. i grew up in chicago and now uh, she lives in new york and i'm staying with her Mm -hmm. so this was a little bit of an experiment. Um, I had not really used the oven before. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I only had a muffin tray of six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a lot of road rotating and taking things out <laughs> a little too early and trying to yeah. time the frosting right with the first batch. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was there was a lot of moving parts, but it, it turned out OK, I think. OK. <laughs> Excellent. The recipe that we made for this episode are Rolo cupcakes. And it's kind of based on this joke where they get to, you know, Monica and Chandler get to the hotel and they're, and Monica's like, oh, chocolates on the pillows. I love that. And Chandler's like, well, then you should live with, try living with Joey. Rolo's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then later in the episode, he like gets home and he sits down and he's, and like picks up a Rolo and he's like, Joey or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, really, dude? He pulls out like three of them. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there weren't a ton of food references in this episode, but I wanted to do something with Rolos, so I decided to make it into a cupcake. So basically, um, it is a pretty straightforward, a fairly simple um, chocolate cupcake recipe, and I actually want to give a a couple of shout-outs. I am not that great of a baker. (laughs) I'll just say that. I'm not, like, a terrible baker, but baking isn't necessarily my thing. I don't do a ton of baking, Um, so I did rely on a couple of recipes for, like, inspiration, and 
that I um, used and adapted to make this recipe. So the recipe for the, um, for kind of the cupcake part um, was adapted from this book called Snacking Cakes by mm-hmm. Yasi Arefi, which is a great book. It's basically just like a book of really kind of simple and straightforward, like one bowl cake recipes, mm. which is always nice to keep things Appreciate consolidated into sure. one bowl. Yeah. Cause baking can just be like such Ugh. a complicated thing. And Eliana, as you said, even with this recipe, which I did try to keep fairly simple, it can still be like a huge undertaking. So yeah. So then I, um, I pulled this frosting recipe from the blog spending with pennies and it's just a really easy, um, easy and quick frosting recipe. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make sure this was um a recipe that you could make without like a mixer or you know just like with kind of keep it as simple as possible and I actually really liked this frosting recipe because it's almost like fudgy which Mm -hmm. is really kind of fun too so anyways it's a chocolate cupcake with chocolate frosting and then you put a rollo you bake a rollo into the center of each cupcake and then top with another rollo and with some caramel sauce and I just did like a store-bought caramel sauce so what were your first impressions upon seeing this recipe? I was excited. I love, well, I like Rolos. They're nice. not like a candy that I, I gravitate towards. Like I won't pick it necessarily, mm-hmm. but I definitely, if it's there, I'm like, oh, I love these. Yeah. And, and of course, anything chocolate and caramel is always really just delicious, delicious and decadent and rich. Awesome. So I was excited by it. Yeah, me too. Any excuse to bake um, is, is a great excuse. And I just, I also, I have a million allergies, which is something I don't even know if you, you both know. Oh, I did not know that. Like not allergies, intolerances. Yeah, yeah. And so I actually, there was no part of this cupcake that I could eat. However, however, when I saw the recipe, I thought this is something I, I would die for. I would get a stomachache for this. This oh, is worth it. Oh no! So I was very excited about it, and plus, very fitting for the name of the episode. I was able to share the cupcakes with my friends, so my Aww. friends ended up having the food that I made. Oh well, sorry <laughs> so. that you couldn't indulge yourself. Oh no, I definitely tried it. It okay, was delicious. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> You're like, I got my EpiPen if I right. need it. Exactly. So. Exactly. I love wow, that. She's really, you know, she's really sacrificing. More like the, the Pepto-Bismol that, uh, well, that Ross. There you go. Okay, so yeah. it's more of a Ross thing. Yeah. It was oh a Ross gosh. moment. It was a Ross moment. So funny. <laughs> Great. So how did things go? Any thoughts, stories, questions, comments? Well, yeah. So I dug into it. I was like, I'm, I haven't baked in a while as well. I don't, I don't bake very often, especially like a cake or a cupcake or something like this, I mm-hmm. tend to just buy a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, buy a box cake or box cupcake or whatever. Even like, even like, you, like you'll buy the mix or you'll just buy one that's already made. Oh, great question. I'll buy the box mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll still make it, but I am putting together the packets of things that they have provided in the box. Totally. <laughs> right. And so this was, I, I, don't remember the last time I've made a cake like thing fully from scratch like this. So Mm -hmm. that was definitely exciting. And yeah, I think the, the biggest issue I had with it was not being patient. Mm -hmm. So you have to wait for the cupcakes to cool 
before you ice them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. <laughs> but what I will say, oh, and also I couldn't find any caramel sauce at my grocery store. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Oh which, no. Oh, which was a good excuse. I've been always I've always wanted to try making my own caramel. And Ooh. so I used this as an excuse to do that. Nice. Which was great. I found a recipe that I didn't need to buy heavy cream or anything like that. Right. That I could just use the regular milk that I have in my house. So, mm. which I, cause I was like, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. If I had to buy a thing of heavy, I just wasn't going to have caramel. Like that yeah. was just. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And that's, um, of course. But I figured there well. had to be, there had to be an option, you know, uh, a different way to make caramel without heavy cream. Anyway, I found this recipe. It was fairly easy. I just followed it. I mean, I've watched enough Great British Baking Show where they're not they're not patient with their caramel, and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it doesn't work or whatever. And so I I was patient there because Mm -hmm. I knew I'd watched it go wrong enough times on the Great British Baking Show, but. So I made my own caramel. So it was still hot. The cupcakes were hot. The frosting was hot. (laughs) So then when I put it all together, there's the pictures that you have on your website are phenomenal. They are so beautiful. And Mm. the caramel is like so striking against the dark chocolate, but mine don't look like that at all. They (laughs) just look like blobs on blobs. Sure. But I will say with it all being nice and hot, it was so good Delicious. because the Rolo in the middle is still super melty. melty. Oh, yes. yeah. Ooh, mm. I love that. that. Great. And see, I took great. the lazy person's approach and said, I'm just going to nix the caramel or caramel. I don't know how to say that. However, I don't know. It's however, for me. and instead I sort of did my own interpretation. I found pretzels. And so I crushed some pretzels and I drizzled those on the top to kind of add something else that was salty. And I I think it kind of worked. I love that. I mean, the, that's like a really classic thing, right? Is caramel with pretzels and chocolate. Isn't that a thing? Mm -hmm. Or yeah, yeah, just chocolate and pretzels. Yeah, that's well, great. Yeah. I love that. I will say I had, uh, I was hunting for the, I think I say caramel now. I don't remember now. We're that's all asked. questioning how we say it. Um, yeah, but um, I think that's I say caramel. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but I think I, I had a little bit of a, I was, I went to a grocery store that wasn't my usual grocery store when I was getting the ingredients for this actually. And I had a little bit of a hard time finding it and I ended up finding it with the like ice cream toppings. I don't know if that might be helpful mm-hmm. to any listeners. I thought it might be in the baking aisle, but I think it was more in yes. the toppings aisle, which in retrospect, I don't even remember what else was in that aisle. So I don't know how helpful that might yeah. be. Yeah. But um, but anyways, I basically, I mean, of course, making your own caramel sauce is amazing, Heather. I love that you did that. That's like the extra mile. Um, you can, of course, just admit it. And I love that you came up with a different topping, Eliana. Um, <laughs> and Heather, you mentioned like a boxed mix earlier. I mean, originally, that was kind of my idea for this recipe is I was like, I'm just going to keep it super simple. I'm just going to say like, use your favorite box oh, of chocolate mm-hmm. cake mix. Mm-hmm. And you could totally do that too. I mean, yeah. the idea is more just like the execution of like any chocolate cupcake with a Rolo in it with yeah. chocolate. I almost even said like, and then use your favorite chocolate frosting. I mean, you could get that pre-made too. So yeah. it's really Delicious. like, although I will easy, easy say 
the frosting was super easy and so delicious that it would be a crime. There is a time and a place for (laughs) frosting from the can. I will eat it at night when I'm sad and alone. Of course. (laughs) But this frosting that you make in the pot, five minutes tops, and it is so good. (laughs) I will say I was very, you know, I was kind of searching around for an easy, quick, you know, non-mixer frosting recipe. And I was very, very happy with this recipe. And I think it came out so, it's like, fudgy it just mm-hmm. like it's almost like a yeah. cross between like a chocolate ganache or a fudge um and it mm-hmm. is really tasty so yeah and then again with the with the uh, cake recipe that I went with I wanted to try to just keep it to like a pretty simple recipe that's like just one step up from like a cake mix like it's one bowl it's fairly straightforward so one thing I will say about the cake batter or the not the batter yeah. the, the the cake cooked yeah Sure, whatever you call it. The cupcakes. The cupcakes themselves is, and I don't know, like, if you can, if you have any idea of what would point towards this, but mine, they were a little grainy. They, I wouldn't Mm. say they were dry, but Mm. it was a little more granular than than maybe Mm. like a very soft cake. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, mine were kind of soft. Mm -hmm. Not to not to call you out. No, I mean, <laughs> I, every part of my method could have been wrong. So it's fair. Oh, no. I also did not measure exactly. You know what? Actually, Heather, you are so right, because I did notice that my batter was a little thick. And so I improvised mm. like a good comedian mm. does. And Perfect. I added a little bit of water to it. To oh, interesting. It out a little bit. Oh, interesting. And interesting. I wonder if making it a slightly less dense batter is what made it slightly less granular. I don't know. Interesting. Well, let's talk yogurt because I know I said in the recipe, one cup yogurt, I believe. And Heather had texted me to say, can I use Greek yogurt? Mm. And I said, sure. And I actually used Greek yogurt when I made it, but I just wanted to leave it open because I was thinking any yogurt I'm sure will be fine. But I'm wondering if I just used a Greek yogurt that was a little bit not like if Heather maybe used a Greek yogurt that was thicker than the one that I used because I didn't notice that mine was especially thick and I know Greek yogurt can be very thick which might just mean that it has less moisture less whatever well I wouldn't say it was thick I mean Eliana mentioned it was thick I I, the batter was was thick but it felt like normal cake Uh batter yeah it was just and when I ate the raw batter I, there was nothing cueing to me <laughs> that it was going to be yeah any like anything wrong like with off. it off yeah and I wouldn't say it's necessarily off it's it's even just like it just feels and maybe because I've had it both when it was freshly out of the oven and still mm-hmm. warm and yeah. then since I've had them uh, microwaved and also Ooh. room temperature yeah mm. so it's uh, yeah I don't know I just am curious about that. Just the yeah. texture is just a little bit more like granular. It's the only word I can keep thinking of. I mm. do wonder if it's the yogurt because I also I use Greek yogurt as well, mm-hmm. and I use the Faya Greek yogurt, and That's I what it I was used. a yeah, and it was a seven ounce uh, mm-hmm. portion because I right. just bought a single serving, which yeah. is not quite a cup. Right. And so when I put it in, and it was that thick, and that yogurt is really thick, I also yeah. bought two percent because I mm-hmm. had a feeling if I buy 
zero percent. Not that that's a bad thing, but yeah, it gave more flexibility to add a little mm. bit of water to it. Totally, um, because there was more of a fat content in the yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think adding the water like thinned out the yogurt a little bit or totally. balanced out the thickness of the yogurt. Mm. Right. I don't know. Added a little more moisture. Yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about baking. I just tried really hard. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, good job. No, I think you <laughs> thank did you. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I, think- I used I used the zero percent fage or whatever it's called because my whole thing was like I don't really eat plain yogurt mm-hmm, as is, yeah. but I use plain Greek yogurt. It's like a sour cream sometimes. Totally. Mm-hmm. And Delicious. so I was like, well, I'm, I don't want to buy this huge thing of and and the Greek yogurt you can find small ones of plain, but mm-hmm. regular yogurt they only have the like two gallon tubs. Yes. That are supposed to feed a family of forty. Oh my god! And I was like, I <laughs> will never eat all of this yogurt. Mm-hmm. What a waste! Yeah. So I know yeah. I was also dealing with New York prices. So oh my gosh! The yogurt yeah. was so outrageous, and then also I kind of lied earlier. They had caramel <laughs> sauce there. They had one bottle left, but it was eight dollars and I you're said, like there is not worth no it. way I am yeah. spending eight dollars yeah. on something I'm gonna use maybe one tenth of the bottle right. and then throw Rizzle. away yeah, um totally totally fair very much fair. respect your choices <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I used and again with the yogurt pronunciations oikos is that the name of a yogurt that sounds right the, the, that's what John Stamos says there you oh. go that's Bible, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it's canon if uh, John Stamos says it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I used Oikos. I also used like a single serving, um, and I think I used a zero percent fat one too, actually, which I was like, maybe I should have used a more fatty one, but mm. mine came out okay. I also wonder if. And it's really funny. Maybe I should just completely end speculation because I'm really not that much of like a knowledgeable baker either. So <laughs> we're all just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants. Um, I want to say like attentive bakers out there, let us know why <laughs> you think Heather's, you know, yeah. cupcakes were granular. I didn't notice anything like that. Um, I wonder if maybe I think you're, um, you know, you beat like the sugar and the eggs in the beginning. Maybe if that was like beaten a little bit more, the sugar would have dissolved a little bit more. I wonder if that's it. Um, but I, I need to get better at beating. Know. Yeah, beating exactly. off my eggs. Beating off those. <laughs> beating off those eggs. Um, Sorry, so, mom. And yeah. with that, she never baked again. All right. <laughs> like and we're done um (laughs) so so yeah so I'm also curious about that and again this is like definitely this recipe was definitely out of my comfort zone in terms of recipe writing just because I'm not the most like you know baking is a really more of like a science right and I'm more of a in air quotes cook whereas Mm -hmm. like if something is on the stove I feel comfortable just being like oh I need to add a little bit bit of this little bit of that but baking is kind of like more chemistry once it's in the oven you're just it is what it is so anyways okay so does it left over as Heather likes to say yes did we have these these cupcakes the next day or Eliana did you give them all away to your friends So I made them yesterday and I did bring them into the office today. Now, someone ate it and said it was good. There you go. Then I went to put them in the fridge for the individuals that will be in the office tomorrow. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of residue Hmm. 
hmm. at the bottom of the cupcake from the tray that they had been in and they mm-hmm. were completely cooled off yesterday yeah. it was kind of like a liquid underneath mm-hmm. that formed that was a little disturbing and I'm mildly concerned for those who eat them tomorrow so oh they'll be fine I'm sure they'll be fine I um, had that too. I just thought it was just like the caramel and the sauce dripping or, so, or it m- might be just a little bit of butter that has like separated yeah. from oh, the yeah. frosting or something like that. Totally. Interesting that there was some liquid. Um, <laughs> That's where I went wrong in the recipe. <laughs> the yeah, no, I don't bottom. think it's where you went wrong. I had these um, for in my house for several days. I tried to pass some off on some friends, successfully passed some off, but still had a few. Nice. I took some on a picnic, but then still came home with like five or six. And I was like, how am I going to eat all these cupcakes? Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of had them in a Tupperware. In fact, I had them like in a Tupperware out in the hot sun for like several hours. Ooh. So they were just like kind of melty. Um, and even good. I don't think there was any like liquid, although maybe it just all got like evaporated because I was like out in the hot sun. There was just like some chocolate of course in the container and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I had these for a few days and you know, I think on the maybe third day or so, I definitely noticed that it was like a little more dry than on the first mm-hmm. day, which of mm-hmm. course makes sense with baked goods. Yes. Well, the liquid could also very well be the East Coast humidity, the right. transport <laughs> through the subway. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, they they went on a little bit of an urban journey. So <laughs> <laughs> love you this never journey know. for them. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Heather, yeah, what about you? We had them, uh, my brother-in-law staying with us and my husband got some ice cream the other day. And mm. so we microwaved the cupcakes Ooh. and then put ice cream on top. And then oh, I had yeah. extra of that caramel sauce that I made and I put that on top and it was bomb. That sounds that so sounds good. amazing. What, what kind, kind of ice cream did you? That's what I was just <laughs> going to ask too. Yeah. yeah. We are hardcore tonight dough fans we try to buy other ben and jerry's but we'll always buy a tonight dough and then maybe another one Mm -hmm. but there's just nothing lives up to it as much as there's a tonight dough it's just so good Okay, now we just have to swap favorite ice cream. So our favorite go-to ice cream is actually like a Kroger brand, which I feel like I plugged something else Kroger brand in an earlier episode, (laughs) which is very me. It is, I think it's just peanut butter mousse tracks or like Denali Mm. peanut butter mousse tracks, but it's like chocolate ice cream with mousse tracks, which is like fudge and what, but then it also has tiny peanut butter like not peanut butter cups, but just like tiny, like peanut butter nuggets, basically. Yum. And like peanut butter woven through it and like chocolate mm. and peanut butter is my favorite thing. And I mean, same Heather, I buy other ice creams, but like ultimately nothing compares. Like that's just our favorite. So. Yeah. Yum. What about you, Eliana? Or do you eat ice cream? What are your allergies? I am very passionate about my ice cream. Yes. And it also happens to be a curse because I cannot have a lot of dairy. Oh, no. But my favorite ice cream, the most basic answer is Baskin and Robbins mint chocolate chip. It's probably the trashiest ice cream on planet Earth, but it's so delicious. I love mint chocolate chip. And it has to be, if I get mint chip, it has to be green. Like, I'm sorry. The white one. I know that the green one is, it's colored. I don't care. That Mm -hmm. means it's better. It has Um, to be green. It has to be green. Yeah. 
Um, and then I'm a huge Cherry Garcia fan. And then yes. on the topic of ice cream I can eat, uh, <laughs> my favorite was Ben and Jerry's non-dairy Chunky Monkey. And they actually stopped selling it. No. And it upset me so much because I am so deeply rooted in my passion for ice cream that I <laughs> wrote to them on wow. the website. I went and filed a complaint. And I said, this was the only non-dairy ice cream I can eat because I also cannot have gluten. It is the best Mm. one on the market. Please, please, please bring it back from the dead. And um, they did not. But apparently they made a non-dairy Cherry Garcia that I have yet to try. So they have started making more non-dairy flavors. I haven't tried them, but that's hard because Ben and Jerry's is it's a brand I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. as well as just being a great specialty ice cream. And it yes. breaks my heart that they did you wrong like that. They I really know. Did. That's awful. They did me so dirty. It's very upsetting. <laughs> well, I like to think that they'll see your message and then bring it back. Yeah, maybe. I, they could have at least sent one pint from the graveyard. Come you know, on. To my house. Hello. Totally. Would have been the right thing to do. That's right. It's okay. So Forgiven. Fine. I'm still Ben and Jerry's. If you're hearing us, yeah, I've, please I'm send sure our you friend. Are definitely listeners, yeah, yes. Please send our friend some ice cream. Yes, please. Exactly. It would mean Actually, everything. Some non-dairy ice cream, specifically. Specifically. <laughs> oh my god! If they just send you a bunch of like dairy ice cream, that'd be so criminal. Worse. Yeah, criminal. <laughs> um, I do want to add a note that I think you could definitely, um, in the future, make the cupcake recipe with like a gluten-free flour, gluten-free baking oh. mix. I totally could. I was just yeah. very lazy. No, no. I want to spend the money. But no, mm-hmm. no criticism whatsoever. And I know there's also non-dairy yogurt, or I think you could use another liquid there too, like yes. a non-dairy milk and maybe just use less or something like that. Anyway, just throwing that out <laughs> there. <laughs> but well, yes. I wanted to make sure they were tasty for the people that were going to eat it that weren't me. And so, so selfless. I love that. Oh, yes, that's exactly what I am. <laughs> Everyone says you are so selfless. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I mean, there's nothing like baked goods to bribe the, you know, colleagues in the office. So. Oh, yeah. Right. Well done. The other interns were thrilled. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Um, so that's the other question, which is, would you make this recipe again? Yeah. Nice. I think I would do a boxed mm-hmm. mix Yeah. for the, yeah, I think I would do a box mix for the cake part, but I would definitely make the icing again. Yeah. And I would definitely yes. do the Rolo insert again. Nice. You know, now that you say that, I would love to try it with other candies because totally. I like Rolos, but- yeah. It could be fun. Maybe this is only something a sociopath would say, but <laughs> York peppermint patties, Ooh, delicious and making it again, mint themed, mint chocolate chip, but like, right. a, I love that. Yeah. Melty mint chocolate chip mm. kind of cupcake ordeal. Mm. I've had, great. I've had brownies with York patties in them. Ooh, mm-hmm. that yeah. sounds really good. For and some reason, dense and delicious. I was thinking of putting like a brownie in the cupcake, which maybe you don't need to do, but. <laughs> or a Reese's. That's like what a tur- I was going to say. Turducken too. of, of cupcakes. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think like the York peppermint patty idea, I love that. And that would be great with this frosting to any of the mm-hmm. ones we said. But um, I like the idea, the methodology of like freezing the Rolo before you bake mm-hmm. it so that it doesn't like completely just like melt into the cupcake. And you could do that with, yeah, totally experiment with other candies. Reese's, yeah. Or other and again, things. you could also, I'm sure there are also like gluten-free, like boxed chocolate cake, yeah. gluten-free mixes. And you could totally go that route too, if you were trying to stay away from gluten or whatever so but yeah the the icing is bomb and it's definitely worth taking the time to make it and and properly wait for things to cool (laughs) to to put it on because it does it's nice because it is fudgy and sticky but it does Mm -hmm. set sort of and so it's you can still like transport these yeah and you're not goopy all over the place and you totally. can do what I did at the end, which is when you have extra and it gets hard, you mm-hmm. get pretzels and you dip it in the Ooh, chocolate and you just eat too. them straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I mean, I yeah. just ate the frosting with a spoon that was left over. That works so too. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree that like the frosting is kind of the hero of this like story <laughs> for me. It's just like, it's everything I love. It's easy. It's super delicious. Um, yes. And what more? What more do you need, basically? Well, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Yeah. Eliana, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you. you want to plug that you are up to? Or do you want to, you know, plug your social media or anything, anywhere people can find you on the internet or anything like that? I've disappeared. I've left no trace on the internet. I she's have untraceable. She's untraceable unless you Google it. me um, on LinkedIn or something. <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah, it was a joy to be here, even though I realized I think I said 100% about 100 times. So that. <laughs> that could be a fun game. Go I love that. Count how many times I said it. Drinking game. For yeah, the take episode. a shot every time. Oh my gosh. You will be blacked hilarious. out within two minutes. Um, I love it. But yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> Of course. Thank you so much for joining us. We are on the internet. We are at friends with food pod on Instagram. We are at friends W food pod on Twitter. We, our website is friendswithfoodpod.com. That's where you can find the show notes, which will also have the episode. If you are watching along with us, the next episode is season five, episode six, which I believe is the one with the Yeti. So give that one a watch before the next episode. Great episode. Yes, it is a fantastic episode. And um, feel free to drop us a line on any social media, or you can email us at friendswithfoodpod.com. Send us questions, comments, thoughts. Um, We would love to hear from any of you. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Or, um, you know, if you like this podcast, share with your friends, download, like, subscribe, all the things. Our original music is by Elliot Friesen, artwork by Chloe Kendall. We are your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Heather. Now, go find some friends. And make them some food. a really funny awkward laugh i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) wow words just aren't happening yeah words are hard for me today too i i yeah
Heather, what's going on over there? <laughs> the fly. I got Did it. You get it. Nice. I got it. Amazing. Oh my gosh. It oh was torturing goodness. me. Oh no. I was really trying not to make a noise while you were doing that. I know. Like, I was like, I'm talking while you're doing it. The uh, recipe that we made this week were, were oh my God, I cannot talk today. <laughs> I love all <laughs> that. So one of our questions is, does it left over? Did Wait, either I'm of you... I'm not ready for that yet. Oh, okay. Sorry, Heather. What else <laughs> do you want to talk about? Um, I almost said, I, I almost said like food with friends, which is wrong. Um, <laughs> we are, I always get it. Yeah. Anyway. That was, that was really fun. 